and welcome to the My Hormones, My Health podcast. My name's Laura and I have PMDD. Come with me as I navigate my way through the highs, the lows and the lowers of all things relating to hormones and health. I can't promise that I'll have all the answers, but at the heart of everything I do, I'll be aiming to spread a message of hope that a life with hormone or health issues can be compatible with a life of joy. Welcome to the very first episode, a bit of an introduction to my hormones, my health. My name is Laura. I am the wife of Gareth and doggo mom to Molly and Buddy. I'm 30 and I was diagnosed with premenstrual dysphoric disorder just over a year ago. On today's episode, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about PMDD and me and why I've decided to talk about it now. If you've landed on this podcast, then you may have already heard of PMDD. But if you haven't, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, aka PMDD, is a menstrual condition that affects 1 in 20 females. Premenstrual meaning before period, dysphoric, which is easily summed up as the opposite of euphoric and meaning a state of difficulty, and disorder, which when I googled the actual definition of disorder, it came up with a confused or messy state, which I actually think is perfect. So in a nutshell, PMDD, before a period, a difficult, confused or messy state. So let me start by just telling you what PMDD isn't. So you've probably heard of PMS, premenstrual syndrome, and that's the time of the month where a woman might feel more emotional than usual, suffer with stomach cramps and so on. PMS isn't thought to be debilitating, You've also probably heard of bipolar disorder, which is a mental health condition whereby the sufferer will feel extreme mood swings with both highs and lows. I don't feel like I know enough about bipolar to talk about it at length, but it is something that I thought I might have before I was diagnosed. PMDD is different to bipolar in that, for me anyway, there aren't the extreme highs in between the lows. It's just times of normal mood. So do I feel happy? Yes. Do I get extreme highs? No. The main difference is PMDD is linked to the menstrual cycle and it's like a very extreme version of PMS. And PMDD is caused by extreme sensitivity to hormonal changes in the body during the menstrual cycle. So if you were to take PMS and bipolar and just throw them together into a melting pot, you'd probably end up with something that's kind of close to PMDD. So it's not PMS, it's not bipolar disorder, but often it can be misdiagnosed as any of the two. Being cyclical, symptoms of PMDD begin shortly after ovulation. So ovulation is around day 14 of the menstrual cycle and that's 14 days after the start of a period. Symptoms tend to stay until day one of the next menstrual cycle when she comes on her period again. So if you have a 28 day cycle, which is the average cycle length, we're talking pretty much half of that, half of every month experiencing PMDD symptoms. So where to begin with the symptoms? Well, they do, I think, mainly come under the emotional or mental bracket. And they include things like anxiety, depression, tension, feelings of despair and hopelessness and suicidal ideation. Physical symptoms include things like headache, migraine, sickness, bloating and breast tenderness. And then there are the other symptoms as well. And they include brain fog, which I'll probably be able to do a whole episode on at some point. 
exhaustion and insomnia and my personal nemesis which is binge eating. So I had never connected how I was feeling and my symptoms with my menstrual cycle before. What I saw it was was just phases of depression and just as I would start thinking that maybe it was time to speak to my doctor about these these phases, the depression would then start to lift and that's normal, that would happen with PMDD. But me not knowing about it at the time, I would consider myself cured. Then when it would hit again, I'd blame myself for not doing enough to protect my mental health. Over the years, I've been back and forward to the doctor and treated for my mood, but no connection was ever made by them or by me with my menstrual cycle. So why have I decided to do a podcast on this now? Well, last year, I found out about PMDD after suffering with it for about 15 years, which is half of my life. And I only found out about it because of a post that I saw on Instagram. I think this in itself shows just how lacking PMDD education and awareness is. And so a few weeks ago, I decided that I'd start an anonymous Instagram account to raise more awareness. I could hide behind the Instagram account nice and safe, shouting about my experiences of PMDD. And then I realized that I just, I didn't want to just talk about PMDD. I want to talk about all things related to hormones and health and not just the bad stuff. Anyone who does have PMDD will know that it can be very much a a doom and gloom condition and misery loves company. So yes, we, we do need to talk about it, but actually let's do more than that. Let's spread a bit of positivity and hope too. So I've made a commitment to myself that I'm not just going to post on Instagram the lows of PMDD, but I'm going to share the better moments too. What helps me, what brings me joy in life. And I have a motto. It's a little bit cheesy, but the motto is PMDD makes me so much more grateful and appreciative of the better days. So I'll be making sure to share the better days too. Then, and I am going off on a tangent here, so bear with me. I saw on the news a couple of weeks ago that the government have decided that menstrual well-being should now be added to the curriculum in schools in England, which is obviously great, but not in Wales, which is where I live. So in Wales, it's up to individual schools and teachers to choose if they want to teach about menstrual well-being. The impact of this may be that it's not covered at all, or it isn't taken as seriously as it's not seen as compulsory. And with it already being a taboo subject, if it is covered, staff might not feel comfortable in engaging fully with it, and consequently not provide sufficient or always accurate information. Ultimately, people in Wales aren't going to receive the same level of menstrual education as people in England. 47% of people will experience periods just going to leave that with you there 47% of people will experience periods so for me I really struggle to see why menstrual health is seen as an optional subject to be taught in schools I feel like I've got such a wonderful life and not to sound really self-indulgent but I am very lucky but if I had learned about the norms of menstrual health earlier maybe my life would have looked a lot different. Since my diagnosis last year, I do think I've made a lot of progress in looking after my well-being, but I could have been making that progress sooner and feeling the benefits of doing so earlier. 
as opposed to just beating myself up for not doing enough to maintain my mental health. It's easy to see how this recent decision by the Welsh Government can have a ripple effect on not just menstrual well-being issues like PMDD, but on other taboo subjects as well, like having a cervical screening test or dealing with depression. And that to me has cemented what I've been thinking that yes, more awareness and education is needed. But it also made me think that actually the conversation around periods, menstrual health, hormones, mental health needs to be normalised. So as a side note, you can find out more about the Welsh decision to not make education and menstrual well-being compulsory if you just go onto the Fair Treatment for the Women of Wales website. So... Back to a couple of weeks ago, at this point, the issue remained that I was keeping all of this totally anonymous on Instagram, and I began to question why that was the case. I'll say this now, I was embarrassed and uncomfortable with the vulnerability that doing this was going to give me. But one of the huge things about hormones and health, as I've just said, is they've got a lot of stigma surrounding them because people won't talk about them openly or own them. And if I'm too embarrassed to shine a light on my own experiences of PMDD, then what right do I have to tell other people to be bold and shout about their own issues? I realise that to allow yourself to be vulnerable is to be really brave. And if I'm going to present myself as some sort of, for, for want of a better phrase, beacon of hope, then I need to do three things. First of all, I need to be totally and honest and frank. So yes, I'll be sharing the the positives with you, but you're also going to hear from me the real raw truths of what my condition means to me. Second, I absolutely need to show up, warts and all, as myself, Laura Tia Jones. And thirdly, it doesn't feel enough for me to just talk about it on Instagram to people who are likely searching for it anyway. I want to spread my message further than that to people who might not have had ever heard of PMDD or who don't know what's normal for menstrual well-being or don't know why they're feeling like they do or they're struggling with their mental health. I've decided my next step is to start a podcast. So the thing about PMDD is you might feel like if you don't have it then you can't relate to me and anything that I've got to say but actually... If you've ever struggled with hormones in any way, there'll be something here for you. Or if you've ever struggled with your mental health, then come on in and sit under the My Hormones, My Health umbrella with me. This podcast isn't just for my fellow PMDDers. It's for anyone who can relate to wanting to talk about these two taboo subjects even more. This is me. This is my podcast. And I hope that maybe you, dear listener, are feeling inspired to talk about any of these issues more whether it affects you or maybe somebody you know. We shouldn't be waiting until someone is in the pits of despair before we start talking about it. So let's start now. So what can you expect from future episodes? Well, I'm searching out contributors. So for the podcast, so do get in touch if you want to share your story. If you've got experiences of hormonal or health issues, or if you have any ideas of what you'd like to hear on future episodes, you can email me. My email address is hormones and health at outlook.com and I'd really appreciate any feedback that you've got as well next time we will be diving more into PMDD and the effect that it has on me 
but if before then you feel like you want more information about PMDD or anything that I've already talked about today, I'd recommend logging on to the Vicious Cycle, IAPMD or Mind websites. I feel like if you've made it to the end of the introduction episode, then you can't not listen to episode two. So I really hope you will. And we can spread our awareness and our positivity together. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast so we can spread our message further. I'm Laura Tia Jones. I have PMDD and this is my podcast.